the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. One of the great indicators that the person you are interested in marrying is the right one is that you want to spend time with them. You're eager to spend time with them. In fact, there is no one else in the world that you want to be with more than with that one special person. You'd think that that would go without saying. Why would two people decide to live together if they didn't like being together? And if we don't spend time before we marry talking about life, about what bugs us and what thrills us, how we want to serve Jesus and all sorts of other things, how will we know if we are right for each other? We won't find out until it's too late. Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Today's study is the first part of Pastor Steve's final message in this series on the biblical marriage. Last time, Pastor Steve dealt with the importance of preparing for marriage by getting to know each other. If we don't know each other before we marry, how can we have any assurance that we won't drive each other nuts in the daily pressures of living together year after year? Open your Bible, if you have it with you, to Song of Solomon, Chapter 2. Here's Pastor Steve. This morning we are going to finish our series on the biblical marriage by continuing the study that we began last week concerning what single adults can do to prepare for their upcoming marriage. Now, frankly, this is a study that is greatly needed today because the focus for most engaged couples as their marriage approaches is not on strengthening their relationship, but rather on all of the decisions that need to be made in getting ready for the big day, the wedding day. Now, I've been a pastor for a lot of years, and I have officiated at many weddings. I also have three married children, so I know something of how special a wedding day is, how much time and energy and money can go into making this day as wonderful as possible. So I am aware of that. But the fact of the matter is, is that there are so many decisions that have to be made and so many wedding details that have to be taken care of that this can be one of the most stressful times in a young couple's life. And preparations for one's wedding can become so time-consuming and so stressful that it's very easy to lose sight of what a couple needs to do to make sure that they're prepared to take on the challenges involved in becoming a husband and wife. So I thought it would be good to conclude our series on marriage by addressing the issue of how single adults who hope to get married someday can actually prepare themselves for married life. In other words, what can a couple do to ensure that they are ready to be married? This has been a burden on my heart. In doing this series on marriage, I've had a concern that I don't want to neglect the singles of our church. I want them to know that 
God speaks on this subject and that we as a church body don't want to overlook them and their needs and their desires and their interests. Now, interestingly, the one book in the Bible that is totally, pretty much totally devoted to teaching on the subject of marriage also has some important lessons for us concerning how to build a strong relationship with your future spouse prior to marriage. The book that I'm referring to, as you know, is the Song of Solomon. And the lessons on preparing for marriage revolve around the book's two main characters, King Solomon and Shulamite. While most of the book deals with their relationship as a husband and wife, there is a unique passage in the book, chapter 2, starting at verse 8, so chapter 3, verse 5, in which we're given a unique glimpse of Solomon and Shulamite as not a married couple, but as an engaged couple, making sure that they are ready, that they are prepared for marriage. Now, last Sunday, we began a study of this passage in which Shulamite reflects back to a time prior to their wedding when Solomon paid a visit to her in her country home in northern Israel. And what we learn from this particular visit is that this couple used their time very wisely to address some critical issues related to their relationship and their upcoming marriage. In other words, they invested their time, they invested their energy into strengthening their relationship in preparation of entering into matrimony. And that's what makes, folks, that's what makes this section of Scripture so relevant and so practical, especially to single adults planning to get married. So even though the Song of Solomon is an ancient book written about 3,000 years ago in the context of Old Testament Israel, the issues that Solomon and Shulamite worked on as an engaged couple are the very same issues that single couples need to work on today. And the reason for this is quite simple. It's because God's standards for marriage never change. They, they never will change. They haven't changed. And also because human nature with all of its frailties, all of its tendencies, and all of its sinful inclinations hasn't changed either. And so this is a very significant passage of scripture for every single adult who is either preparing for marriage right now or who hopes someday to be preparing for marriage. Now, if you're married, I want you to know that that you should not assume that this section of scripture has no relevancy for you because that wouldn't be true. It does. You see, the very issues and problems that Solomon and Shulamite worked on when they were single may be issues that you have never addressed in your own marriage, though you've been married perhaps for many years. Regardless of the longevity of your marriage, it is never too late to address these issues. Now, last Sunday, we looked at two issues that Shulamite and Solomon worked on before they were married, with the first one being, number one, they worked on just getting to know one another, getting to know one another. Starting at verse 8 of chapter 2, we read this, listen, my beloved, behold, he's coming, climbing on the mountains, leaping on the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, he is standing behind our wall. He's looking through the windows. He's peering through the lattice. My beloved responded and said to me, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come along. For behold, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers have already appeared in the land. The time has arrived for pruning the vines, and the voice of the turtle dove has been heard in our land. The fig tree has ripened its figs, and the vines in blossom. 
have given forth their fragrance. Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come along. O my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the secret place of the steep pathway, let me see your form. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your form is lovely. Now, using poetic language, Shulamite here tells us about the time before they were married when Solomon traveled from central Israel, from the capital city of Jerusalem, all the way up to the northern part of Israel, what is known as Upper Galilee, to her home in order to pay her a visit. And in telling us about this visit, she emphasizes how thrilled, how excited, how eager Solomon was to be with her. She pictures him like a fast-moving animal, like a gazelle moving quickly over the mountains and hills just to get to her home. Now, as I mentioned last week, one of the great indicators that the person you are interested in marrying is the right one is that you want to spend time with them. You're eager to spend time with them. In fact, there is no one else in the world that you want to be with more than with that one special person. Now, one of the first things that Solomon did when he arrived at her home was to ask Shulamite to take a walk with him in the countryside. He, he says it's springtime, things are blossoming, things are, are blooming, it's a beautiful time. He's asking her to take a walk with him in the countryside. And he states in verse 14 that one of the reasons he wants to be alone with her and stroll together is to hear her voice. Notice the end of verse 14 says, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet, your form is lovely wants to hear her voice. That is to say, he wants to talk with her. He wants to have a conversation with her. You see, that's what people in a healthy relationship do. They talk to each other. They verbally communicate. They discuss all kinds of things to help them get to know each other, and they feel comfortable doing this. They, they feel comfortable talking to one another. One of the ways I knew that Michelle was the right one for me is that I felt totally comfortable being myself with her, totally at ease, sharing my, my heart, my thoughts verbally with her. So if you are in a serious relationship with someone, then make sure that you talk to them. Find out as much now about them as you possibly can and share your heart with them so that they know about, about you. And as I emphasized last week, the priority of those conversations is to find out as much as you can about their relationship with Christ. Do they have one? If so, what's it like? Is it strong? Is it growing? Or is it weak? Is it shallow? Do they have a biblical worldview? Well, what are their values? Listen, do not be naive to think, well, once we're married, things are going to get better spiritually for this person because I'm going to help them grow to being a stronger Christian. That's generally not the case. Generally speaking, individuals, before you marry them, are on their best behavior. They're usually not getting better. Now, they, they can grow in Christ. They can mature, certainly. But usually they're on their best behavior because they want to impress you. They're on their best behavior before they're married. So be discerning. Be wise. Don't lower your standards because you think that time might be running out for you. And if you don't marry this person, then you might never get married. Listen, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and verse 6 are so appropriate here. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. So trust the Lord. He is sovereign. You're not going to miss out on his plan for you. He is sovereign. He is wise. 
He is loving. He has your best interest at heart. So trust him. Wait on him for the right person. Don't lower your standards. Wait on him for somebody who is godly and will make a great spouse. So the first thing that we learn from Solomon and Shulamite is that in preparing for their marriage, they worked on getting to know each other. But in reflecting back on this visit, Shulamite reveals that in the process of talking, in the process of getting to know one another better, in the process of building a relationship with Solomon, something was bothering her. Something was bothering her that had to be addressed before they were married. And so as the passage continues, we learn about a second issue that Solomon and Shulamite worked on before they were married. They worked on, number two, resolving a problem that threatened their relationship. Notice verse 15. Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that are ruining the vineyards while our vineyards are in blossom. Now, what she does here is she, as I mentioned last week, she compares the little foxes that were ruining the vineyards in her region of the world, in her community, to the little problems that can ruin a relationship between a man and a woman. And so both of them, Solomon and Shulamite, recognize that they have a problem that must be resolved. They have a little fox that has to be caught and dealt with. So knowing this, knowing that they have to catch this little fox of a problem before it has the opportunity to rise up and destroy their relationship, Shulamite then proceeds to state precisely what the problem is by honestly sharing with Solomon something that's been on her heart, something that's bothering her, something that has to be addressed now before they're married. So what was the problem? What was the little fox that was threatening their relationship? Well, that's where I left you hanging last week. But as the passage continues, we find Shulamite opening her heart to Solomon. And in doing so, she states a third issue that she and Solomon worked on before they were married, which was, number three, their commitment to each other. Their commitment to each other. Notice verses 16 and 17. My beloved is mine, and I am his. He pastures his flock among the lilies until the cool of the day when the shadows flee away. Turn, my beloved, and be like a gazelle or a young stag on the mountains of Bether. Now, these words are spoken by Shulamite, and she begins by expressing in very touching and tender language that she and Solomon are committed to each other. She says, my beloved is mine, and I am his. These words were actually on Michelle and my wedding invitations, that, and they were intended to really convey what Shulamite intends to convey here, that she and Solomon belong to each other. In other words, she's saying to her soon-to-be husband, I'm yours, you're mine. We have a devotion and we have a commitment to each other. However, there is something troubling Shulamite comes out in the second phrase here, verse 16. He pastures his flock among the lilies. Now, why would she say anything about Solomon pasturing his flock after making such a wonderful statement about their commitment to each other? What's, what's the connection here? Bible verses are not thrown randomly together. There, there is a connection. So what is the connection? Listen closely. While she knows that they are committed to each other with total devotion right now, During their time of courtship, she does have concerns about what her husband's devotion will be to her after they 
are married. In other words, she knows that she has Solomon's undivided attention right now. After all, they're walking together in the beautiful countryside. It's springtime. They're talking, they're communicating, they're, they're interacting, they're enjoying each other's presence. There are no interruptions, no distractions. But Solomon is the king of Israel. He's the shepherd of the Jewish people. He is a busy man with many people to rule over and many responsibilities and state affairs to attend to. Will he have the same kind of commitment and devotion to Shulamite after they're married as he does right now before they're married. Folks, that is the little fox, the little problem that needs to be resolved now before they can become husband and wife. That's what's bothering Shulamite. See, the expression he pastures his flock among the lilies, that's a poetic expression and reference to Solomon shepherding the people of Israel as their king. Because no literal, no physical shepherd would feed his sheep among lilies. That would be unethical since it would be tantamount to stealing someone's lilies. Shulamite is simply saying that Solomon, as the king of Israel, has to take care of his people like a shepherd over his sheep. And she fears that this work of his will take him away from her. That's why she speaks about his work in verse 17. She says, until the cool of the day, when the shadows flee away, turn, turn my beloved, and be like a gazelle or a young stag on the mountains of Bether. Now what Shulamite is telling Solomon is that he needs to take care of his business during the daytime. But when the evening comes... That's what she means by the cool of the day when the shadows flee away. When the evening comes, she wants him to return quickly to her like a gazelle on the mountains of Bethor. Now, the expression mountains of Bethor, that's probably not a reference to a, um, a, a mountain range in Israel because to our knowledge, there is no known mountain ranges or mountains in Israel called Bethor. But the Hebrew word that is translated Bithor simply means separation, separation, or to divide. So the thought here seems to be that Shulamite is telling Solomon, look, go to work during the day, take care of your people, but in the evening, hurry home to me quickly. Like a gazelle moving over the mountains, speedily cross over the hills and mountains that separate us and return to me. So what can we say about Shulamite's concern? Well, it was certainly a legitimate concern. She's not making this stuff up. She's not being petty. This is a legitimate concern. She wanted Solomon to be as devoted to her after they were married as he was now during their time of engagement. And it is a legitimate concern for every couple to talk through before getting married. Will you, as a husband, pay as much attention to your wife after you marry her as you did before? Gentlemen. Every husband should make sure that he doesn't take his wife for granted after he's married. You should not be married to your career or your hobby or your favorite sports team. You are married to your wife. Now, obviously, there are going to be times when a husband has to stay late at work and even do some traveling for work, but he should never neglect his wife because his job comes first. Let me tell you just a sad fact of life. There are many wives who are starved for their husband's attention, affection. 
starved. He's just too busy with other things. He doesn't pay much attention to her. And what often happens is the first guy, usually at work, who does pay some attention to her, she falls for him. They have an emotional relationship that eventually becomes a physical relationship. Now, she's responsible for her sin. But you know what? He pushed her. Her husband pushed her in that direction. She starved for somebody, some male, to pay attention to her because the guy's not doing this anymore. Her husband's not doing this. So, so learn Learn from Solomon and Shulamite. Pay attention, men, to your wife. And listen, when you are home, really be home. By that I mean you can be home physically, but it's possible that your mind is still at work. Try not to bring your work home with you, although I understand there are times when you have to. But don't make a habit of this. When you're home, your focus should be on your wife and your responsibilities at home, not your job. You see, every wife needs to feel secure, secure in her husband's love and in his devotion. She needs to know that she is the most important person in his life, that she is his queen. He's committed to her as much as she is committed to him. That's why she said in verse 16, my beloved is mine and I am his. She just wants him to know that she wants that forever. I want you to know this was not a minor issue in Shulamite's life. This is a major issue major troubling spot in her life. It bothered her so much she actually had a recurring nightmare about this, about being married to Solomon but not having access to him. And she tells us about this dream, this this recurring nightmare in the opening verses of chapter 3, starting at verse 1. On my bed, night after night, I sought him whom my soul loves. I sought him, but I I did not find him. I must arise now and go about the city, in the streets and in the squares. I must seek him whom my soul loves. I sought him, but did not find him. The watchmen who make the rounds in the city found me. And I said, have you seen him whom my soul loves? Scarcely had I left them when I found him whom my soul loves. I held on to him and would not let him go until I had brought him to my mother's house and into the room of her who conceived me. Now, we need to keep in mind that what Shulamite is telling us here didn't actually happen to her. This was just a dream. That's what she means in verse 1 when she says, on my bed night after night, I sought him whom my soul loves. She means that while she was on her bed sleeping, she had these thoughts night after night. It's a reoccurring dream. In other words, this was a dream that she just kept experiencing, a repeated dream about what life would be like with Solomon after they got married. And in this dream, she saw herself getting up from her bed and searching for her husband in the streets and in the squares of the city of Jerusalem, but not being able to find him. She even asked the watchman who guard the city at night if they had seen Solomon. But as soon as she walks away from them, she says... And she sees her husband. What a dream, eh? I'm glad it had a happy ending. But that dream said a lot about Shulamite's concern that Solomon not neglect her once they are married. Guys, we have to be careful that we don't let our jobs and other interests pull us away from giving our wives the loving attention they deserve. Thanks for tuning in today to Verse by Verse. Pastor Steve Kreloff is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. For information about Lakeside, including service times and location, call 727-441-1714 or go online to lakesidechapel.com. The number again is 727-441-1714. 
Verse by Verse is a listener-supported ministry, and we appreciate the generous listeners who help make these daily radio Bible classes possible. If you'd like to make a gift to Verse by Verse, you can do so easily and securely at our website, versebyverseradio.org. Just click the giving link and go from there. I'd also like to remind you of our message archive, where you can listen again to today's program or any of our previous broadcasts. It's a great resource if you miss something and want to fill in the gaps. That web address again is versebyverseradio.org. You can also get a free audio CD with the entire message Pastor Steve just began by calling Lakeside at the number I gave earlier, 727-441-1714. Ask for message 8884, Preparing for Marriage, Part 2. If you call outside of business hours, please leave your name and a daytime phone number and we'll return your call. One other free offer is for our blind listeners. If you have a digital talking book player from the Library Service for the Blind and would like to have a free audio Bible for your player, call 800-838-5924 or visit www.blindbibles.com. The number again is 800-838-5924. This is Jerry Peterson. I hope you can join us for the next Verse by Verse as Pastor Steve wraps up our series of studies about the biblical marriage. Among other things, he'll be sharing four things we husbands can do to communicate to our wives that we are committed to them. And these actions are every bit as important before the wedding day as after it. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.